Brick Moon Fiction presents Sing, Itch by Sam French Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle It is the first of August, which means tonight my grandmother will sing about the fairies. She will sing about how they came into her life and ruined it for six straight days before they left her alone. She does this every year. It is our tradition. She sings every night for six straight nights. We have to sit by the fire, in a tiny circle, my tailbone digging into her hardwood floors, and we can't eat until she has sung the night's portion of the story. It was cute when I was five. It grew scarier at times when I was a little older. But I'm fifteen now, and I don't want to listen to some shitty fairy tale some old woman wrote to stave off boredom and existential dread. Her life used to be empty. She cleaned a lot and prayed in the morning for two hours. I, too, would want to make shit up but I wouldn't hold my family hostage 42 years later to make them listen to my songs. My dad gets drunk and my mom falls asleep and my ass hurts for the rest of the summer. Empty eyes in front of me. Tiny twinkles of piano in my mind only. Breathe in and out and begin. My voice the only part of me that has not aged. On the first day the fairies called me. I was a young woman still. They floated in the air beyond me, as I in my space floated too. Little lady, little lady, they hummed about my ears, and I swatted at the air to catch a fairy bug. But they were very fast, and they were very smart, and I never caught a single one. My granddaughter is already fuming. I'll make her hurt. She'll thank me one day. In the air I heard their song, a lilting August tune that said, Beware, kind lady, the fairies are here, and your life will never be the same. But all that changed on that morning first was no matter how many times I folded the white linen tablecloth that belonged to mother, it always came undone. Deep breaths, deep. So much more to say, praying to someone for strength, the insolence in my daughter's eyes and her daughter's eyes too. Keep singing. Suffer now. It gets unbearable so quickly. I always forget how quickly it grows unbearable. The first night is always excruciating. Hours about one white linen tablecloth and its fucking wrinkles. It makes my skin itch. It makes me see wrinkles in my own skin, or imagine them on my lungs. If I were her, I would have given up, balled it up and thrown it in the corner of a room. Why fold something one thousand times? Why tell your family about it one thousand times more? Tonight will be worse. The fruit flies. I have it all memorized. She could have at least made it rhyme. It's not even melodic. It's white noise. But shitty. It's brown noise. Every muscle in me wants to rebel. I hate her. Boredom turns to anger, turns to apathy, and will one day turn into love. My heart is scarred from little lashes, millions of them, grown exponential through the years. Breathe in. Sing. Where's the note? Drifting. The rotted flesh of peaches woke me up on the second morning, buzzing of fruit flies by the thousand filling my room, my kitchen, 
the halls, my nose. But when I went to catch them, they're gone. They weren't there. My eyes ache. The fruit is rotten and my eyes ache. I didn't sleep well and every time I blink. The flies, I blink. They're gone. I blink. They've coated my skin and are mocking me, but they have tiny faces twisted with hate. And flies don't have faces. Her anger seems strange, but it always does. Boredom doesn't vary from person to person. Anger, sadness, joy, maybe. Weird and wild. Unknowable. Aliens and such. Galaxies away. Mysteries of the universe. How can someone, anyone, know what another feels? The notes, there they are. My home smells of peaches that cannot be eaten. The laundry is unfolded and has been since yesterday when this began, when the fairies, the fruit flies, the little needle darts came. I take a bite of bread and it is rotten peach. I take a bite of cheese and the juice is sour. I take a bite of candied walnut and the peach stinks. The wine is all dead fruit. I tried to will myself to sleep during it last night, but it's impossible. The old witch must have spells to keep our eyes open. Dad hardly blinks. Mom's neck aches the next morning from being unable to look away. We're not allowed to have fruit in our home all of August. We're not allowed to fold laundry. We're not allowed to go on the roof or take walks for pleasure or visit the cinema. She can't die soon enough. Maybe Mom will take it up then, though, in her honor. Maybe she remembers it by heart now. Then I'd have to wish my own mother's death. Then I'd have to take up the tradition myself. And I'd want to kill myself. Tonight we hear about the eclipse. Who was I even two days ago, and who will I be when this is over? Those are the questions I try to focus on during this hell. I want to be a chicken fetus in an egg that someone cooks and eats. Anything but this. It's just boredom. It's just boredom. It's just aching boredom. Why does my skin itch so bad? Why does this feel every year like it will never end and that it will consume us? I sit through church willingly even though I hate it. I find ways to get through it. Why do I feel like even the atoms are conspiring against my happiness while Grandma sings? Why do I wish the world off its axis and for all of us to simply end Sometimes when I sing, I stare at my family and imagine they are meat on hooks, waiting to be cooked. I went out for fresh air on the third morning to let the sun heal my sour mouth and to let the wind work out the wrinkles that seemed to be spreading to my dry knuckles and hands. The sun was a friend of mine and had been for some time and I thought it could save me from any nightmare, this one as much as any number of ones from my past. Bacon, loin, thigh, shoulder, crackling oil, teeth, hooves, my throat now open, to let out and to take in. That morning was the beginning of an eighteen-week eclipse, and I was alone in the darkness, my nightmares had free reign, the universe theirs, 
I stood on the roof, and the buzzing grew louder. They made a cloud in outer space, maybe so large it covered it all, or maybe they just set between my eyes and it, precisely so, shrouding me in dark. The darkness was bad. I tried to tell them, show them, meat and words and notes and breathing. Only so, only try. She, the young one, the one still pretty, with hair and eyes and shoulders and life, stares at me. Her name escapes me right now. It's just a silly word. I'll slap her with it. I'll fry her like bacon. But I do this for her. I wish for her to know. The world, it conspires against us to teach us that we are special in the wrong ways, in our safety and not our exposure to greater specials. She'll learn. She's not safe. I bumped and bruised my way through life, fell down the stairs every day, as if the steps were moving and shifting and my neck always hurt. But now I couldn't see the wrinkled sheets, and I couldn't tell for sure if what I was eating wasn't actually peaches. But I broke my fingers and toes and couldn't sleep. At some point last night I made the area between my wrist and elbow on my left arm bleed. I was pinching myself for some reason. The blood was thick. Grandma noticed out of the corner of her eye and smiled. I swear she smiled. She sang louder. The room smelled of coins. Dad and Mom couldn't look at me. They never can during this, and not just at night, throughout the day. And they just breathed through their mouths. Technically, we are halfway through. It doesn't feel that way. I try to remember how I felt last year. I keep opening the scab on my arm. Ten times this morning. The blood always pools just so. In the shape of something. The scab dries. Like a cloud. Or something. Just when I've almost figured out what it looks like, I pick it again. It hurts everywhere to not do so. I'm stacking the dried blood on my desk in my room. Today I feel peace. Their faces are birds chirping. I don't carry the weight of my lifetime. I will sing even faster so it ends sooner for them. In and out. I went to the hospital to have my toes looked at, and they hooked wires up to study my brain because I could not stop talking about the fairies and the doctors wanted me to stop. One of the doctors, a tall man with a nose hooked like the end of an umbrella, smiled slightly as he looked at the images and frowned when he had to unhook me. He had been cruel, but kind, with hands that felt heavy. He shocked me. Later he brought wildflowers and left them by my door. In his eyes I saw something flicker, and I knew they were inside his mind pressing down on his brain's lobes like tiny puppeteers. When he shocked me, I felt closer to God, and feeling closer to God, I realized he did not exist, because when he shocked me, the fairies laughed. My daughter chuckles always at tiny puppeteers. It's made her laugh since she was a child. It's the only thing left in the universe sometimes. I see one in his eyes, it holds still in the middle of his iris for just long enough 
for me to never forget it, its bat-like wings and scowling face. Before it flutters away, I think with all my might, Why me, little one? Why me? And I will the question through the air and hear a muffled answer as the doctor tightens his grip. The fairy in the eye always gives me nightmares. I try to imagine how it even makes sense as I fall asleep. And when I finally do, I feel them crawling over my eyes as if Rem was just their nocturnal game. Do I believe in the fairies? Do I believe my grandmother was tortured by them one hot month a lifetime ago? Do I believe there is a reason that she puts us through this ritual, the family she claims she loves, torturing us with some subliminal rage? When I wake up, the answer is always immediately no. But last night, my skin, as well as my eyes, itched. And in the morning, I had more scabs to stack. Two more nights, and then I have a year of peace, a year to forget these lashes on my heart for any outward scars to heal. My granddaughter has been bleeding all day. That much is clear. If only I could see her heart as I can see her skin, her brain as I can see her arms. I almost tell her. I almost tell them all. And then I promise cake. I promise orange slices and whiskey. When this is all over... They look to me as if to ask, why can't it be over now, for all of eternity, just over? Sallow, eyes, arms. I forget, I will forget. They can't. Indulge me, I say, and open my mouth to sing. Quieter, breaks in my voice, trembling, whispered. Find it. There is a darkness inside all of us that most of us never have to find, but it is still there inside of you, like a defective organ or something worse. They will find it for you. They will make you find it yourself. What seemed days earlier like tragedies will now be mild inconveniences. They will rip it wider and pour the rotten fruit and wrinkled sheets, the eclipsed sun and the evil doctor inside of your darkness. They will burrow inside of you, inside of it, and lay their eggs. They will build a fairy empire and you will give birth daily to the pain. I almost forget the words I wrote years ago. These have never felt right. It is easy to explain what happens first. What happens next is harder. Wrapping your head around it all. Try and fail, try and fail, try and fail. On the fifth day I stayed in my bed, not moving as the sky changed from night to day to night. I could not even blink. Such was the pain. My skin has never felt this way. I swear I don't just feel needles. I see them, too, pushing up from inside of me, making square inches of my flesh look like tiny teepees. Was it this way last year? When I was a little child, I sort of found it fun and scary. When did it change? Scary is fun, but now it's not. 
Boring is the worst. The itching is the worst. One more night to go. I don't recognize my family. I've changed them. Notes. They breathe in syncopation to me. Staggering. Notes. Breaths. Let's make a deal, they whispered and buzzed and shook my hand without my consent. I'd trade in the universe if I could bottle it up. I'd trade in my interior organs to these little monsters. I'd give them anything. The pain they showed me was possible expanded my sense of self. The hurt could go deeper than I thought physical boundaries stretched. But what they asked, what they asked for, what they asked for of me, I gave willingly. And the pain went away. The buzzing went away. My sheets were folded neatly. I could taste again. The whole family relaxes, just as I did. I see my granddaughter rebirth herself, just like that. The cloud has passed. But there are things I know, things I've tried to teach them. I spent these years trying to teach them. How do you teach the how or the why? How can you make them suffer enough to understand? Her skin itches. Good. Tomorrow night there will be relief. Tomorrow, I tell them, I will sing once more. She turns a deeper red than wine. She crawls back inside of herself. She becomes a void. Good. Easier. Sleep. This is beyond betrayal. I tried to sneak into her room to cut her throat. But just as I held the knife above her sleeping, my body revolted against my brain. Though every part of me cried out, Stab her and end this, I was dragged back into my bed. And there I stayed unable to move, the knife still in my hand, my skin itching. I heard her above me last night, but they saved me. They held up their end of the agreement, and now she will know. I won't ever sing again. I will never speak. I'll retire my throat, like an old piano in a museum's basement, cobwebbed and forgotten. In the final moments before they left, they showed me a window into my future, and I saw myself right now, this very night, singing to my family. They showed me my daughter's birth, messy and glorious and full of joy, the way her wails would wake me, the happiest midnight torture. They showed me her growing up, falling in love, and moving in to start a family of her own, a family I would sing to. She is scratching so hard now, it's a wonder her entire flesh doesn't come off in one piece, like tablecloth ripped away by a magician. And they showed me you, my daughter's child, who shares my eyes and skipping walk, and who, they said, would grow to hate me. Give her to us, they said. Give us the child, they said. We'll live inside of her and breed. Give us her body and all inside. Well, now she's listening. Inside her nostrils we will mate, and we will lay eggs inside her kidney, and we'll raise our family inside of yours, and throw parties in her skull. 
she's listening and itching. I can see the needles now. I can see them needling, stretching, tiny tents. We created the greatest pain you knew. Now you must pass it down and grow it, and inside of the pain we too will grow and birth ourselves again. She slips her hand over her mouth as one begins to crawl out. This is how we fairy folk will come to rise again. One flies out of her ears and escapes out the window. She's shaking. Her mother is weeping. From inside the husk of your pain, from inside your seed's living corpse, her skin is popping open in tiny red clouds of misty blood. The air is thick with them. I have tried to prepare them. I would have given them the universe for relief, but all they asked for was you, a child I had never met and would never need to love. Her skin is loose now. Her blood is pooled. They have left my house and will find another. Her eyes still move. Perhaps her brain still works. She's an empty bag of flesh now and will need to be hooked up to tubes. But she will maybe understand. She will have a scale for her pain and boredom. It will be a deal she would have made too, for they have left our house forever. They will find another. Sam French is a writer and director located in Brooklyn. Originally from Florida, he is a recent graduate of Carnegie Mellon University. His plays have been produced in Pittsburgh, Florida, Martha's Vineyard, and New York. His short story, A Love Letter to the Boys of Summer, won the Adamson Award for Fiction at CMU. Sam was named a Top 20 Artist Under 25 in the Tampa area by Creative Loafing Magazine and has two one-acts published by Baker's Plays. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.